Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brian Zimmerman, host of the Jazz's Backstage Pass podcast. Listen, before we get into today's episode with the one, the only, Wynton Marsalis, that's right, internationally acclaimed trumpeter, band leader of the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra, who just released a new album, by the way, The Ever Funky Lowdown. Uh, anyway, before we get into all that, I just want to thank our monthly sponsor. That would be Mr. Eric Baldwin. Eric, thank you to you and uh, for helping make this podcast possible. If you too would like to become a monthly donor, all you have to do is click that link in the show notes. Uh, we would certainly appreciate it. All right. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Winton Marcellus. Hey, everybody. Brian Zimmerman here, executive editor of Jazz's Magazine and host of Jazz's Live. Welcome to today's episode coming at you at a Wednesday morning. Uh, we've got a great episode today uh, and an amazing guest. That would be Mr. Winton Marsalis. Uh, now, Winton, you know, is an internationally acclaimed trumpeter, composer, and band leader. Uh, he is also the managing and artistic director of the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra, uh, an organization he helped co-found in 1987. And with the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra, he has released a brand new album. It is called The Ever Funky Lowdown. Uh, it came out as a digital exclusive on August 21st. August 21st, under the Blue Engine Records label. Uh, it is an extended composition featuring narration by actor Wendell Pierce and has been called, quote, a groundbreaking satirical look at democratic freedom, abuse of power, racism, and cultural corruption. It is told through the libretto of this character called Mr. Game, uh, whose commentary, quote, reveals the hustle that keeps us at each other's throats and presents us from working together to build a more equitable and friendly world. Uh, it features vocalists Camille Thurman, Ashley Pizzotti, uh, Christy DeShiel, and Doug Wamble. And uh, it's just really an amazing, amazing record. And here to talk about it uh, is the composer himself, Winton Marsalis. Uh, Winton, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much for being here. All right. Thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And first of all, you know, our condolences to you and the Marsalis family on the passing of your father, Ellis. Um, you know, he was really one of the first musicians to teach me, to show me really what swing felt like, what it could feel like in the body. I remember one of the first CDs my father ever bought for me was Joe Cool's Blues. <laughs> and just to hear Ellis on that album, man, that swing, that defined swing for me. So uh, he will be missed, man. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, anyway, we are here to talk about the new album, The Ever Funky Lowdown. It, it couldn't have come at a better time. Uh, this album really speaks to our moment. Um, it was written, however, back in 2018, correct? Right, that's right. And I'm curious as to you know the impetus for creating the album back then. What was going on in your life that made you want to create this album, to put it on paper back in 2018? Well, there's a continuation of pieces that I've been doing since the 1980s. The first was, was uh, entitled Black Coast from the Underground. In the 90s, I did a piece called Blood on the Fields. It deals with subjects of freedom, and that's, that's still called me right there. You're a popular guy, man. <laughs> of American freedoms and other things. They go on like that. And then in the 2000s, I did one that was uh, called 
And in 1999, I did a piece called All Rise, which is cl the closest to the Everfunky Lowdown because it deals with uh, our, our collective humanity. And uh, that was with, with us, and it was it was originally for us in the New York Philharmonic. We recorded sure. it with the Los Angeles Philharmonic, the Jazz and Lincoln Center Orchestra. And then I did one in, a, in the 2000s called From the Plantation to the Penitentiary. Yeah. And that is, was more topical uh, about what was going on at that time. A lot of, lot of uh, brothers being put in jail uh, over, over basically nothing. And uh, that program was very successful. It, it, it ended with a lot of people, people's lives wasted in jail. A lot of friends I had when I was growing up fell in, into those programs. And then this one is in the 20, 20 teens. And it's uh, just a combination of things that are topical and also the, the hustle is always going on. Um, it's ironic that my father passed away because this is a record that I use the language that mm. he and James Black and the musicians, the modern jazz musicians in New Orleans played in in the 1960s when I was a kid. And it uses the, the, the funk rhythms and stuff that we played in the 1970s combined with the swing on top of it. Absolutely. No, it's an amazing collection of grooves. Um, and, and just like you were saying, is really the next step in what jazz has been doing since its inception, which is speaking to a lot of these cultural and social issues. Um, it has been, we should mention, it has been updated with some new material uh, from its inception in 2018, including Everybody Wear They Mask. Uh, that's no, great. That, when you... that, that was, that, all of that was original. Yeah, from back yeah, yeah, we... <laughs> That, everybody wear your mask, but the, the, in the in the in the ever funky lowdown, the mask is not a mask like this. <laughs> That's it's right. A mask, it, in, in the ever funky, the original one, the mask is something that allows people to surveil you. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. It it it's again it speaks to our time, man. You did, however, when you recorded this thing, this was kind of during lockdown procedures, safety protocol procedures, right? right? What did the recording session of the ever funky lowdown look like? Well, that, when we did Everybody Wear Your Mask, we did it. We re repurposed it for this time. It's just <laughs> ir ironic that it happened yeah. to be there. But the original recording was done in 2019, before the pandemic. Gotcha. And uh, we gotcha. had our, our, our fantastic stage crew build out our our, uh, our studio in Rose Hall, Ferris Studio. And we had a booth for singers. And we all set up. Everybody uh, spread out. And we're proud of the recording because it was very much a thing that our, our entire organization worked on. Uh, getting off the ground, and just the level of uh, of concern and love that everybody put into it, including my three fantastic singers, um, uh, Camille and, and Christy and Ashley, they did a, an incredible job with very difficult parts. A lot of times their parts sound much, much easier than they actually are because they're executing them so well, and the internal harmony parts are, are difficult to to hear. And um, uh, Doug Womble, of course, fantastic job. Everybody, really. Uh, gave a, a certain amount of themselves to this. Yeah. And not to mention Wendell Pierce, you know, he's fantastic as this narrator character, Mr. Game. Now, you know, I'm not saying there's any one-to-one -one correlation of any real world character here. Um, but uh, who would you say that Mr. Game, I guess what qualities does this character represent? Um, I think he is a, he's a combination of, uh, of Julius Caesar, Adolf Hitler, uh, Snake Oil Salesman X, P.T. Barnum, yeah, um, and and uh, the string of American presidents that I've seen since Richard Nixon. I, I don't separate them by by uh, 
by party or by just different ones are more successful in, in doing what, where we are now, where we've been taking rights away from people, uh, attacking inferior opponents, uh, continuing the kind of thing that you see uh, uh, adding to the kind of moral decline that's in the, in the center of our culture, not having a cultural agenda. All these things are not partisan. I have to tell people it's, it's definitely not the current president. He's just a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think if too much focus is put on an individual, it, it keeps us from seeing the problem. Right. That's why I generally am not topical in uh in pieces and things that I, I write about or talk about. And I don't I don't sink down into kind of personal back and forth with people because it's 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 not personal. Right. And you wrote the entire libretto, yes? Yes. I think so much of the satire, really biting satire, comes <laughs> from exactly what you're saying, just laying bare kind of unspoken myths, you know conventions that the country has held for so long kind of you know under the surface that when just spoken out loud which Wendell does you know really make you call them into question um you know things that we assume as part of our national character are true but when just said you know uh seem kind of funny I'm thinking of specifically of the tune we're number one you know (laughs) Wendell says in the name of freedom we just he says, in the name of freedom, we defeated some uncivilized people who had never heard of freedom because work needed to be done. We were forced to enslave them and then we freed them. You know, they were living wrong. This is our national narrative, you know, but to hear it the way he spins it, it may, you know, it calls into question just how wrong this is. It's just how wrong this is. And I think we're nationally having a moment of reckoning with this. Um, right. Does this time around, does it feel different? to you, the way we're grappling with these myths? To me, no. Mm. You know, remember, we grappled with it in the 1960s. I'm a child of the 60s. Right. And in the 70s, we had a progressive movement in the country. Yeah. We're going to do this. We're going to have this. We have more integration. We have more interest in higher consciousness, get rid of the minstrel show. The minstrel show came back in the 80s. Mm. People, you know, I always say for for, for uh, everybody who was out in the street in the 60s, it's integrated, white and black people, everybody, for it became turned into a, a Martin Luther King became a black leader. He was a leader of, of all the people. Uh, he had a, a, a very powerful coalition. But, you know, playing loud music in your parents' house when you're a teenager is very different from you being in your own house. Yeah. So once people realized what the wealth transfer was going to be, they went out in the streets no more. They would try to figure out, why well, can I get me a house and a pool and capitalize right. on this wealth? And my politics will go along with my station in life. But I want to make it clear that Devil Funky Lowdown also is not about just America. But as Mr. Game says, this is an international hustle, baby. Right. It's played out across time and space. It's not specific to any nation or race. Yeah. Because we talk about freedom here. Let's talk about that tonight. So the game is being played. But it could be who, who do you want to who do you want to call? Probably the only only conqueror you can think of that wasn't a part of it is Genghis Khan, just because his his vibe was I'm killing y'all like it. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm not trying he to. Was, right. I don't care what you think about what I did to you. God said that I should be the rule of the world, and when you see me, so you can't catch him in a kind of propaganda war. Right. You know his propaganda was that when y'all see me, it's too late. No but sheep. No sheep in wolf's clothing, or wolf no, in sheep's clothing. He was just a no, wolf. Yeah. I'm here. I, you know. Yeah. You you have to deal with me. His yeah. thing actually was if you had not, if if you had not made terrible mistakes, God would not have sent me to you. Mm. <laughs> so. 
Wow. So, you know, but I think if you look at anybody who had a political component to what they what they did, uh, you know, once again, Jude Caesar with the whole kind of this, these kind of galls and they don't wear togas and the ones way over here, we got to get them. He's trying to convince the populace to, of the value of committing acts of violence against remote enemies. And you can go on and on into the 20, 21st century. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, you bring up a good point because thematically this is this is serious stuff. You know, this is heavy stuff. And yet in a lot of ways, just like you were saying, the music itself, you know, it grooves, man. It moves. Right. It's swing. Right. The music is happy. Yes. Because there's, there's the thought that people don't enjoy messing over other people. There's mm. a thought, you know, it's a, it's a, I love this one scene in the movie, Life and Times of Judge Roy Bean. When a guy comes up to the judge and he explains to him why he's innocent, judge very attentive and he's listening. And when he finishes, the judge says, "Well spoken, son. Hang it." Like <laughs> there's a certain joy yeah. that every judge who sits and puts uh, these people in jail, these kids in jail, who for 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 drug offenses give them 25 year sentences, which which is hundreds of thousands of people are affected by it. Everyone who has the opportunity, they're enjoying that. Every time, every person who's denying a person who's qualified a job, or but it's millions of decisions that have gotten us to this point. Right. And it's not just racial. The racial thing gives us a way to focus on it because there's like an irrational thing that you can put all your things things with. It's like if you if you look at Nazi Germany, uh, don't look at it only through the prism of the of the 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 irrationality of the of the attack on Jewish people. Look at what they were trying to do by and large. Right. What they were trying to do, by and large, was just defeat other people and make them adhere to their identity as a master race. Right now, in a while they were doing that, they also had another unbelievably uh, uh, a, a stupid attempt to fight and battle Jewish people. So, in addition to fighting countries, now you're fighting countries there in front of you. Now you have this group of people that's cutting across everything. You have to also kill them. Right. That's the effect race has in America. Mm. Like, you know, in addition to pursuing democratic freedom and trying to figure out how to live a more complete life, you have to always figure out how to, uh, in a strange way, put these particular people down. Like even right now, you see there's, there's being a case made for the 1,000 people in the country who are looting that that's what the United States of America, 300 something million people need to be worried about. Right. You're, you're out of your job. We have a pandemic. Our economy is falling apart. You're being looted on every aspect of the culture. The stock market is going up and you're broke and you're not getting any of that money. But right. be worried about 150 people in Chicago who right. came off of plantations in Mississippi uh, uh, 70 or 80 years ago because they're going to be at your front door in Iowa. You're not right. going to see those people. Right. So once again, you know, it's, it's a hustle that's been run on people. Now, in America, that's how that hustle is run. It's a scapegoating of one particular people and plugging that into age old systems oh, of manipulation right. and oppression. Go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the ever funky is geared more toward my white brothers and sisters. And it's telling you. all of those who gave their lives in the Civil War, all of those who've been a part of all these conflicts and come back draped in, 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 in glory when they're over there, they're thinking, man, what are we doing over here? Yeah. Vietnam, Vietnamese veterans made it clear. Look at all of the suicides we're having now in our police departments and in our military. Look at the problems we have with our elite troops. Look at the problems with anxiety and, 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 and opioid addiction, all the things we have in our country. Now, we're not going to put an opioid addicted person in jail for 40 years, but let's look past the race part of it. Into, right. It's telling us something about our way of life. 
Right. And we need that big mass of people in the country who are being bamboozled. We need you to open your eyes and understand it's not directed toward black people. It's directed toward you. Yeah. And as long as you're being fooled by it, you're going to keep getting robbed. You're going to have the same problems. You're not going to be able to participate in this process. Right. And it is because our elite, which is always shifting, it's not a set group of people. You know, it could yeah. be anybody. Look at what, what's happened with celebrity culture. Uh, I was right. thinking how, you know, I, I was thinking how many, now we have lines of kings that have existed in the world. How many of you have to have uh, victims of inbreeding, incompetence at the top of countries and cultures, ruining cultures with stupid decisions they make. Now, through the celebrity culture, you too can have the good luck of being in some type of royalty, unearned yeah. position of significance, and have the chance to do something unbelievably stupid to right. affect people and destroy qualities of life. Hey, we have all the lines of the pharaohs, all the lines of the of the of the of the of the pashas, all of the lines of you take your pick of lines and you'll find that out of 70 people, 60 people, 35 people, two were competent. Right. I know. You know? So you know, look, we, we need to we need to just uh, the thing that Bafunky is asking us to do is just look at it. It's not telling you what to think. It's saying, look, think and be acute because you're being fed some bullshit on both sides of the fence. Yes. Left and right. Like like Mr. Game says, it's heads or tails is both the same coin. Yeah, that's really what I took from it, you know, is that reality is so far removed from what you see on Facebook and on TV and what politicians on both sides of the aisle are telling you. And, you know, just like Roxanne Gay wrote in the New York Times, you know, you can't expect to look to those places for a way out of this. You know, this happens at an individual level no. and from listening. That's right. You know, That's right. And, and I think That's one right. of the songs that really speaks to this, a beautiful song uh, is, I, I think it's I want my, the one that Doug Womble sings, him and his guitar. I want my ice cream, right? Right. Ice cream being right. this metaphor for, you know, I don't want to have, I don't want to have to think too hard about anything. I want my quick fix. I want the confirmation of my ideas. You know, um, I want to be distracted. Um, and I'm curious just as to what ice creams you see in the world right now and how people may be able to move away from them and start eating their vegetables, you know? Man, you know, when, he, when he's singing that, it's, it's like it's, it's it's based loosely on this land is your land, this land is my land. Mm. Okay, it's a mutual heritage we all have. It's just and that song is changing keys almost every bar. Yeah, but it's anything that has been easy for you. You 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 have money you've inherited. You have wealth. You have the ability to work a job. Nothing is wrong with any of those things, but but we have to realize that we have to share what we have with other people, especially when the, when the majority of people don't have anything. And elite groups never understand that till it's too late. And democracy is a system of collective creativity that, that yields unbelievable dividends when you're sharing. But this elite intellectual group, and, 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 the, and the ever folks says, well, who is, who is they? It's not a they, it's not a conspiracy in that way. You become they if you have the chance to become they. They could be the person not letting you in a basketball game because they can stop you from going in. True. <laughs> they there are many days. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There are many yeah. days. And yeah, when he says I want my ice cream, he don't have time for the homeless person. He don't right. want them in. He wants them to, to just disappear. He don't have time to get off of his phone conversation to notice while the city is falling apart. He don't have right. time to notice. Everything looks fine to me. What are y'all talking about? Right. You know, I have 
I have st all kinds of stock in Apple. I'm making all kinds of money. I don't know what's wrong out here with the coronavirus. <laughs> you lose the ability to empathize. Yes. And with the ability to empathize becomes becomes your your, your ability to to uh you become less acute in your understanding. Yes. You know, yeah. empathy is a part of being acute. Right. So once you once you know it's like if you if you I, I was gonna go to scripture, but I'm not because we're so disorganized that you we don't even have a body we can go to. You're almost better off going to some popular movie everybody likes. But it's a we we need to be much more acute. And you got you got to put your ice cream down in your in your cell phone and and identify right with others. You yep. understand? I am those others. Right. I'm those others. And it's and important. I have the opportunity to help them and be a part of a of a mutual life that could be so much better for all of us. Yes. But no one person is going to figure this out. The yes. problem is too big. You need to figure it out. Me, we all need to come together. But it has to start with a mutual respect for yes. the way of life we would like to see us all enjoy. Correct. And you make an important distinction on this album. You know, the, the, the message isn't you have to go out and agree with everybody or validate right. anybody. But if someone's reality seems that far out of touch with your own, it's important just to make sure, you know, you can just like you say, empathize or try to understand why that is so. Why that is right, so, right. you know, listen. listen, listen, exactly. And yeah, I mean, the they, them motif, you know, <laughs> right. runs throughout the thing. You got a, you got a track on there called them about, you know, othering, you know, in this case, othering everybody, you know, that, that seems unfamiliar to you, but it's, yeah, it's really you get to at certain points you get to, you don't like nobody, but yourself, you don't that's like right. fat people, skinny people, Jews, Muslims, right. black people, young people, right. old people. People who walk a certain way, people who talk a certain way, people who have a belief, people who once did this, then you can't like anybody who likes something. Right. And some of my best friends that I've had 30, 40 years, I have absolutely no agreement with them politically. Right. right. Absolutely none. Right. You know, I'm not talking about none. I mean, absolutely none. <laughs> At least politically, ideologically, but as a human, you connect with them, you know. You yeah, on, on a human it. level, yep. and we also have argued and fought over these things through four and five presidents, four or five That's right. presidents. That's right. And uh, I didn't have to call for their death. Right, right. Well, it's 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 a it's it's wonderfully cohesive album, you know, and it's rare these days to have because it's like an hour and a half plus an hour and fifty minutes, right. you know, just a program that you could really play front to end, um, you know, and and sit down and be riveted front to back. Um, and even musically, you know, I, I love what you did with this theme, this recurring theme, Ever Funky Lowdown, which appears first in 4-4, four, four, you know, four beats per measure. Then as it reoccurs throughout the disc, you're adding a beat per measure. And it's in 5-4, then it's in 6-4, then it's in 7-4. Uh, was there any conceptual reason for doing that? or Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, because he's running you through changes. Yeah. You know? And, and yeah. also my father and them in the early 60s played a lot of music in 5 Okay. Like, like like James Black wrote a song called Magnolia Triangle. Another one called D Wee. It had some some measures of five. The early music I would listen to when I was growing up, and and they, they say the train loved hearing them play. Yeah. Uh, great saxophone player Nat Parallel. On that Coleman also lived in New Orleans in the 1950s with Herlin Riley's uh, uncle, a great trumpet player Melvin Lasky. We called him Papi. So I was trying to go through different time changes to say he runs you through a lot of different changes. Right. And I was lucky to have my brother Jason playing the drums, so he knows plays all the times. Also, new James Black came up in that tradition, and also just I I, I want to just talk about my my our musicians for a second. Jazz Lincoln Center Orchestra, this unbelievable too. blessing I have to play with musicians on that level. 
we did the whole session in a day and a half. We scheduled two days, uh, six hours a day, 12, 12 hours. We finished it in, in nine and uh, really, wow. really eight. So just, the, you know, the level they have played on the last, I mean, level the level they play on and how, how the, what they bring to stuff. It just, you can't, it's been a, such a great blessing. Uh, really, me and my whole life, all the great musicians I've, I've been blessed to play with. Um, it's, but but in, in the, to, be, to, to get to this age and have those type of lasting relationships with musicians of that high quality and as human beings. Right. Uh, and how have you and these fantastic musicians, how have you been adjusting to this new normal that is making music in these socially distant times, you know, and, and what might what, what might a future of live music jazz at Lincoln Center look like, you know? You know, it's a struggle in this time. Yeah. But I, I talked to my talked to my brother Branford this morning. We're struggling and it is a struggle. And we're working with each other. We 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 have a, a band call with each other every week. We're working on stuff. We did a, a music camp. We're putting out each other's records. You know, we're gonna we're gonna stay busy. We keep doing stuff. We we affirm every week the love and the belief we have in the music and in ourselves. I was talking with my brother Branford this morning. It's his birthday, so I shout out to him. Give him happy birthday, Branford. Happy birthday, yeah. <laughs> and he he sent me a, a thing of Louis Armstrong talking about what he did during the 1918 pandemic. So wow. if you think back on that, you know, that, that was a serious pandemic. Yes. You know, many more people. Did Louis Armstrong play live music? Did he continue to play? He was 17 years old when it, when it hit. So I, I think, you know, we'll get past this when we get past it. And... Um, we're going to be right back to playing and it's going to be even more intensity than before because people have been given the opportunity to understand first how connected we all are. Look at how quickly right. the virus spread around the world right. and to understand and treasure our opportunity to connect with people who are not our immediate family. That's right. So true. A little bit of a silver lining in all this is, is the great pause we've been able to take. And my friend Gerald Clayton, you know, wonderful piano player, told me, a lot of people assume we're going to go back to normal after this, but maybe we should think about it differently and that this is a moment to transform, you know, to metamorphosize, to evolve. Yeah, I think I agree with Gerald. We're going to be yeah. better. Yep, that's right. Um, yep. Wanted to bring it back uh, to kind of end on the album here, which is the album itself ends, you know, with this chant, this refrain from the whole group. Um, you know, I know I must fight. I know I must fight. And it kind of fades out on the whole orchestra uh, chanting that refrain, you know, for artists and for people you know, who want to support artists right now. What what does that fight look like? I think, you know, if you want to support musicians, people need money, so mm -hmm. they need to survive. And people up online, they're 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 they're, uh, they're presenting their art. They're doing different things. If you have an artist you like, you want to pat, uh, patronize them, do it. Yeah. If you have organizations you like, contribute to them. If you if you're a person who works in technical fields, if you have ideas, there's so many ways to help the art scene. Any any level you're on that you can help help. It can, it's not something that that has to be funneled or organized. It's such a massive problem all over the world. In yeah. any way that you can participate, of course, money, resources, people can't work. They they're, they're starving. So help in that way. If there are other ways you can help. We, you know, we, we, we need the help in this period. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, please go stream this new album, The Ever Funky Lowdown. Again, it's out right now, released August 21st on Blue Engine Records. It's a great album, Winton. It really is. Man, thank you. Thank you and so let me, much. Let me tell you, it, it is an absolute honor to be talking to you, the man whose solos, check this out, 
I've been working through all summer. I got your Omni book <laughs> right here, man. I've been trying. I know I should probably be doing them back here, but I had to cheat a little bit, man. Man, and, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I can I get through about friend. I can get through about half a chorus of one solo before my chops are totally smoked. <laughs> so you know, all the credit to you, man. This this was great, Winton. I sincerely appreciate it, man. Thank you very very much, man. Thank you so much for taking your time with me, and it's, it's an honor speaking to to with you. Likewise. All right, Winton. Have a great day. All right. Take care. Yeah, you right now. All right. All right. So once again, thank you so much to our special guest, Winton Marsalis, a real kind of idol of mine uh, as a trumpet player. And as you can see here from my Winton Marsalis Omni book. Hey, uh, if you're watching and you want more great content like this, there's plenty of it up on our website, jazzes.com. And check this out. We are about to release our fall 2020 print issue. It is coming out in September and it is all about the art of the album. We're talking listening to albums, collecting albums, producing albums, your favorite album cover art. You know, we all have our favorite album cover art. Again, it's coming out in September. If you want to receive that print issue, you can right now. All you have to do is go to jazzes.com. There it is. There's our cover, the art of the album. Uh, go to jazzes.com uh, and click subscribe. You can sign up for three months of unlimited digital access, right? Uh, for just 99 cents per month. And in addition to this three months of unlimited digital access, we'll enroll you to receive a complimentary issue of our art of the album issue when it comes out in September. If you like your subscription, Keep it, we'll roll you into the next print issue. If not, you can cancel any time, but I guarantee you're gonna like what you read. All right, that'll do it for today's uh, episode, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. And again, thank you to Wynton Marsalis for coming on the show and talking about this fantastic album, The Ever Funky Lowdown. That'll do it for me, everyone. I'm Brian Zimmerman. See you next time. So long. <laughs>